It's time for your weekly trip inside the ropes and behind the scenes of the Australian golf industry. Welcome to another episode of the Australian Golf Show with Tiffany Cherry and Mark Allen. Happy New Year to you all and welcome to our first show for 2022. You're joined by Tiffany Cherry and Mark Allen and what a show we have on the back of brilliant news over the weekend, Marco. Records falling everywhere. Uh, nice to see you, Tiff. Uh, and I'll tell you what, uh, just incredible to have four Australians in the top 10 mm. in the Centenary uh, Tournament of Champions. And, uh, and we're doing that in the background of Bob Shearer passing away. I know we're going to yeah. talk about Bob in a tick, yeah. but... The golf that we saw played on the weekend, a windless Kapalua, uh, was just incredible. I mean, how much would you have loved to have played there? Well, it's still, I, I, you know, I reckon, uh, I reckon it happens. I reckon the same thing happens every single year around Australia. Yep. Is that everybody's WhatsApp group with their golfing buddies? Every single one of them. We're going. When are we going to Kapalua? When are we going to Maui? When are we the, going to Hawaii? The, the, when are we going to Hawaii? You know, forget about going to you know St Andrews Beach or Rosebud or going down to Tasmania to play Barnbugle. When are we going to this joint? Because the views are incredible. Now the golf course itself, you know, it's uh, Alistair McKenzie. You know, it's no no genius sort of act down there. Well, they've done, but it, it, it still looks beautiful to play and. They got four basically windless days mm. and just the records tumbled. And can I quickly talk about Cameron Smith? Yes. He's jumped 11 spots to get into the top 10 in the world. Yes. He's done this off the back of a PGA Tour record low score. He's also, for the first time, they have this uh, new stat. It's not new. It's been around for about 15 years, 20 years. Um, shots gained. And that's where they have a look at what you've done against the field. So it's not just counting putts. It's not just counting fairways. It's what you've done against the entire field. It's the first time in history since they've been keeping these stats that somebody has won total driving and total putting. Yes. So you would think I want his that clubs. happens. I want his titleless clubs. Tell us <laughs> yeah. about those. Uh, well, just, just before I do, yeah. um, you would think if you win total driving and total putting that you'd win by 15 shots. He won by one, mm. and the From bloke the who came second, yeah. yeah, and, and John Rahm came yeah. second only by one to Matt yep. Jones. So yep. the golf that was played at Kabul was amazing. Uh, and a good question you ask because I know you're fascinated with the golf clubs, yes. and now that you're right into golf up to your neck, <laughs> I know that you're watching the what's in the bags. Yes, uh, and I, I am too. You know, I'm coming up to 53 years old. I love nothing more than on a Monday or a Tuesday to to see what's going around on Twitter or on the emails and have a look what's in, um, you know, the champion's bag of that week. And, you know, Cameron Cameron Smith, he's using clubs that everyone can buy. And, and that is the, one of the great things about golf these days. You know, you, you, you don't have to go into a tour van so much to walk out with the same equipment. I'm sure, you know, what the tour van can do, the tweaks and the weights and, you know, sh- Soft, soft stepping irons and and all the rest of it, tipping graphite shafted woods. You're probably not going to get that off the rack, you know, when you walk yep. into your Drummonds or your yep. House of Golf or wherever you go. But you can buy buy basically the same sort of stuff. Basically the same sort of stuff. If you can't, you can always put it on order. So his clubs, what what in particular would there be that he used his putter mm. and his driver on the weekend? Mm. And he and he talked about his driver, how he had to actually, mm. if he knew he got his driver, he was he was in. Mm. Um, what is it that's that's providing that little bit of extra, yeah, candy for him? It's a fantastic question. So if you haven't been, if you have as a professional golfer, if you haven't had access to a tour van. Um, let's say you've been playing professional golf for five years, you can pretty much walk into that tour van 
and basically walk out with an extra 12 steps, 12 yards, I'm going to say, so 10, an extra 10 metres. Yeah. Because what they do is they have a look at what ball you're using. They have a look at, um, you know, your the, the, the way you, your golf club uh, connects with the golf ball and what, yeah. what line it's on, the club path. Yeah. Um, and, and they can try a few different things, try a few different lengths, try a, even a different ball, try and all kinds of kick point shafts, mm. low, high. They fiddle with the neck of the clubs, which can open the club up a little bit or close it and put more loft on it. They can flatten it. They can make it more upright to suit. You know, if you've got upright yep. irons, for the first time in your life, you might walk out of a tour van with a driver that's, you know, perfectly aligned for you as far as the, the lie is concerned. It's it's a guarantee to find those extra 10 yards if you've, never been, in, if you've never been in there before. You know, then you're talking about other guys, you know, I know we we're talking about Titleist a little while ago, but the Taylor Made have just come out with a new oh, driver yeah. as well. Now, yeah. whether you like this or not, folks, it is fascinating to me still to this day that you know a new face is invented, mm. and they don't talk about club head speed anymore. It's all about ball speed, and the Taylor Made players were just you know plugging in the same shaft they've been using, putting dialing in the same neck, neck uh, positions that uh, they've always used, just putting in basically a different head and a different face in the new TaylorMade driver and walking away with two or three miles extra ball speed. Mm. So, you know, I, I don't like how far the ball's going and, you know, I don't think I'm on the minority. I don't think I'm the lone yeah, ranger there's a there. A lot of debate about it because of what it's doing to yeah. our classical golf courses. That's that's the number one reason. Yeah. Anyway, it is still it still fascinates me that you can walk in and pick up ball speed just with a new golf club. Now, Cam Smith says he's now got his eye. He's now in the top ten, as he said. He's got his eye on the number one world mm. ranking. The question, obvious, is: Do you think he can get there? <sighs> if you asked me this question a year ago, I would have said no. I would not, I, I, and I, the only reason I would have said no is because I thought he was an average striker of the golf ball, uh, distance-wise. Um, but after watching him this week, he's not. He, he's not even close to being an average striker of the golf ball. Now, let me preface that by saying, if you're an average striker on the PGA Tour of America, <laughs> you're still outstanding. You're one of the greatest strikers yes. of a golf ball in the whole world. Yeah. But he's but another level now. That's where I thought he was. And, and to be a John Rahm um, or, uh, you know, uh, DJ or, or Rory or Hideki or any of these players, you know, there is an X factor with the way they hit the ball from Tita Green. They're just, they're just is. Mm. Uh, what we saw this week, there is an X factor 100%, not only with his driving, but with his wedge play and irons. Mm. And we've always known he's elite on tour with his putter. Yep. So is number one in reach? Absolutely it is. If, if Luke Donald could be a number one player in the world, then Cameron Smith can get there just as easily. Well, and, he's, a, he's 28 years of age and, yeah. boy, he's got yep. all the Queensland and we've got obviously the, the yep. PGA and the WPGA championships up this weekend as well. Just before we go any further, yep. can we just pay homage to Matt Jones as well? Another record. Yep. Uh, he shot 11 under and 12 under. It's a past 73 at the golf course where they've just played. So, you know, the rounds of, what was it, uh, 62 and 61 doesn't sound. When you put it in perspective of, let's let's call it a past 72 course, he shot 61-60 on the weekend. That's a tour record as well. And he did that chasing trying to win an event. So that puts a little extra, you know, special on it. So, Marco, do you think the average golfer, you know, or the good golfer, club golfer, has any idea just how good these players are? Do I think the average golfer understands how good? No, I don't. 
I, I don't. And I, I know that they go and see them in person and they go, wow. But when you've got club head speed of around 120 miles per hour and you're trying to hit a fairway that's 40 steps wide uh, and you're trying to do that consistently and you're trying to do that consistently over four days, um, you know, 35 weeks a year, I, I, I don't think they do. Yeah. Uh, you know what I, I compare it to? It would be like somebody who does a bit of boxing training, hits hits the pads, and maybe goes and does a couple of rounds of sparring. The the difference between you know you're, you're the teacher that you're sparring with, uh, and one who smashes like, you in the nose, yeah, someone like Manny Pacquiao or, yeah. or you know <laughs> Canelo Alvarez, the difference is off the charts, uh, and I think that's the best way of explaining it. And uh, Matt Jones, just a quick one. His world rankings gone from 104 to 66 oh, with a kidding. bullet. Uh, you're kidding. No, unbelievable. Oh, that unbelievable. is enormous. Yeah, so yes. he, he's one kind of top three finish away soon. So if he goes, there's another tour in Hawaii this week. If he finishes one, two, or three uh, with that hot hand that he's had, he'll jump into the top 50 in the world. Yep. Um, and I think he's is he already playing. Yeah, he's already playing at Augusta. But for him to get into the top fifty in the world, gets him into all the majors, all the big tournaments, all the W, um, you know, all the World Golf Championships. So yeah. uh, watch that space yeah. closely. I didn't realize that, Tiff. That's yep. huge. Seven uh, seven Australian men, the top in the top one hundred, and uh, four Aussie ladies. Now um, you mentioned Bob Shearer, and we yeah. want to we want to give some special time to Bobby. He was superb, and I have a special place in my heart for him and his wife, Kathy. Kathy took tell me Tell us, under. Tell us about your relationship with Kathy she first because she's a superstar. She and, if you, and if you don't know, she's been looking after the PGA media tent for a long, long time. Yeah, well, back in 2000, I was a young reporter working for Channel 7, was sent out to the Heineken Classic back then in the day and the Australian Open and, the you know, the PGA Championships, et cetera. Kathy, I, was about, I, was, I think I was the only female journalist out there and she just took me under her wing. She'd always... She'd always give me the fir- the keys of the first golf buggy. She wouldn't, <laughs> and it was the one part closest to the clubhouse. She wouldn't let any of the guys take it. They'd all try and steal it. And she'd go, no, Nick off, this is for Tiffany. Uh, they all cracked it, you know, That's with nice. me. But um, And Bob would come in and, uh, you know, and tell some jokes and have us all in fits of laughter. But I know you've got a, a special hmm. relationship with him. Well, in the end, I was playing a lot of golf with Bob Shearer. So he, he was still playing on the Australian Tour you know, in his early 50s. Hmm. Um, and he was really winding down. I was uh, in my 30s at that stage and believe it or not I was winding down too at, at that stage I wasn't playing much good so Bob and I for whatever reason we're paired together an awful lot um, let me just talk about his career he won in Tallahassee in 82 later that year he beat Jack Nicholas uh, playing with him in the last round of an Australian Open he was kind of of the generation before Peter Senior and yep. Greg Norman uh, and Wayne Grady he was just a generation before those guys uh, and probably the generation just after or not long after, you know, Thompson and and, and Kel Nagel and that, that those sort of types. Uh, he won in America. He won a couple of times in Europe. He won 20 times on the Australian uh, Australasian Tour. He won four times on mm. the European uh, Seniors Tour as well. But more importantly, Bob was a superb human being. Mm. I mean, you know, he he was genuinely happy for you and others if they did well which is not always the case um, in professional sport, but he really was. Uh, and he loved nothing more, and I mean this, he loved nothing more than having a social drink with his friends and yep. family. He absolutely loved it. Uh, he was the king of a golf course called Southern in Victoria, the yep. absolute king of that joint. Uh, the members loved him. Um, all the players who played with Bob loved him. You can't say that of many. 
uh, we all love Bob Shearer. We love Kathy. We love their family. Um, and, and we really do wish everybody, uh, all the Shearers and extended family, the, the absolute best uh, in this week preceding his funeral, which uh, I'm sure we'll get some details of pretty soon. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, uh, we're going to take a short break, but coming up we have a young man whose star is also on the rise. Just last month he came through for his maiden win at the Victorian PGA Championships. Blake Windred coming up right after this. Welcome back. Well, our first cherry-picked guest for the year is a 23-year-old from Newcastle who had us all entertained with his brilliant final round, in fact, his entire four days at Moona Lynx last month to take out the Victorian PGA title and secure his maiden professional win. Congratulations again and welcome, Blake Windred. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, Blake, uh, it's only been, what, three or so weeks, but the question is, has life changed at all since the win at Moona Lynx? Um. Not really. Uh, to be honest, I was able to tick off one of my last goals on my uh, mirror at home, uh, which was which was massive, obviously. And to be able to, you know, lift the trophy and and close out the way I did, and then spend Christmas with the family at home for mm. a couple of weeks and have the trophy, you know, by my side, it was pretty uh, special. How hard was it, Blake, to keep that out of your mind coming down the last three or four holes? You know. I was in that position uh, every once in a while and I couldn't stop <laughs> thinking about it and I always I, I never won a tournament in the end. So I want to ask you, uh, your first time winning, you were, you, you've were you got the game that was always going to win, but how difficult was it to keep, you know, thinking about the trophy, thinking about your winning speech out of your head? It's funny because I've thought about that a lot and I've thought about, you know, I've been in that position many times and it hasn't, you know, quite worked out. Um, to be honest, I, I can't even, I couldn't even tell you what I was thinking down the stretch. It was more so, I said to my caddy, Jack, actually, walking up 17 after I just hit a, uh, a safe but mm. awful shot on 17 uh, on, the, on the green. Uh, and I said to him, I said, mate, you know what? At the start of the day, I would have taken a one-shot lead going down the last two. So, like, mate, we're here when the whips are cracking and that's all that matters. So, yeah. Um, it kind of gave me, just even saying that to my caddy, kind of gave me a little bit of a boost going into the last hole, you know. Just just your caddy, uh, how long have you been with him and how much help has he been in these situations? It's funny because Jack actually, uh, he plays on the, I think he's got conditional status on the Australasian tour. So he missed qualifying at uh, Big PGA oh, wow. and I was staying with him. So he's like, mate, I can pull your bag and, um, you know, I gave him some, some coin to go with it. So uh, actually, I was just talking to Jack. He's, uh, I think he's an alternate for uh, the Aussie PGA, which is awesome to see. Oh, wow. You guys were so entertaining. I think, you know, we had the mics on you at times. I was um, I was hosting, stepping in for actually for Marco, hosting the event uh, for, for the TV, and there was a lot of funny comments coming from you guys. What was his uh, reaction in that with that superb chip in for Eagle on the, the par 414th? I'm not too sure, actually. I, I, I actually think I couldn't see it go in. I just seen Ewan going crazy behind the flag with his <laughs> microphone. So, um, yeah, it was quite funny. I think Jack was quite surprised. and But exactly, you know, after I picked the ball out of the hole and I walked back to Jack, he was quite pumped up. I was pumped up. And I said to him, I'm not sure if you guys got it on TV, but I said to him, mate, like, mean, like it means nothing now. There's a couple shots in the bank and we need to go and do the same on the next and give yeah. myself an eagle putt. Um, so, yeah, there was, there was 
little little conversations here and there that really looking back on it, it, it really helped. Actually, you could really see the concentration in your in your on your face as you were walking down the fairway. Um, you're signed by Lyle Horan from One Direction with uh, the management company Modest Modest Golf. What? Um, I want to know what's uh, what was his reaction to your first win? He's a mad golf fan, isn't he? He is a mad golf fan. Yeah, no, he's uh, he's awesome. Everything Modest have done for me is uh, has been incredible. But yeah, it's quite surreal, you know, talking to Niall. Uh, whenever or, or get voice messages or whatever chats on the phone he was, he was quite pumped up um and yeah it's 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 exactly what i set out to do but uh, it's also exactly what i set out to do in europe this year and i really want to uh you know tick a few more goals off the off the new goals board Blake, uh, Australian PGA this week uh, with the girls are playing as well but there's a big big trophy uh for the men a famous trophy the oldest professional trophy uh, that you're playing for this week. You're playing at Royal Queensland. We used to play a lot of tournaments back then uh, in the 90s and, and probably the early 2000s. We played that a lot, but it's a completely new redesign, basically. It's a facelift for this beautiful old golf course. How have you found it? Uh, I've only played nine holes yesterday. I played with uh, Peter Fowler and Peter O'Malley and, and uh, Elvis Smiley. So we had a good nine holes. Um yeah, I'm glad it's a it's a new uh, a new course, a new design because I've never played. I didn't play the old one, so uh, it's actually not too bad for me. Uh, I did find uh, that even though apparently you know they've had a little bit of rain, it was still quite firm uh, in places. The greens, incredible. Uh, I think there's a lot of putts, you know, to be hold out here this week, and. Also, the bunkers, the sand in the bunkers is quite nice. I think there's mm. there's not too much, um, and you know, it's just uh, there's going to be some good bunker shots out here. There's plenty of them anyway. Just on your company in the practice round, you, you know, if Pom hit the ball for Chook, they would have been number one in the world. And if Chook had uh, did his short game for Pom, he would have been number one in the world. So you're playing with one of the best ball strikers we've ever seen from Australia, and. What many people say, Chook had the greatest short game, especially you know, around the greens, maybe not the putting, but around the greens that anyone has ever seen. I've, I've played with Chook a, a number of times. Some of the stuff he did was ridiculous. Did you learn anything off those two? Yeah, wow. It's it's funny you say that to me now because, unfortunately, I wasn't able to – well, yeah, I wasn't able to actually watch any of that on TV. So I have no recollection. Like, I don't, I've never seen uh, what you guys have seen. Uh, so playing with them, um, it's kind of like it is still a little bit surreal because you still know what these, you know, these guys have done in uh, Australian golf and the world of golf, really. Um, I do find it is incredible how many, like I can ask them any question and they give me a, you know, a really good honest answer back. And I think that's something I really do appreciate and something when I, hopefully I get to, um, you know, their level uh, and, and their age and hopefully one day I'm able to give back to the, the guys coming through as well because it, it means a lot, you know, to, to get great advice off, you know, legends of Australian golf. Blake, what are your thoughts on playing with the women for the uh, WPGA title as well and the inaugural Curry Web Cup? Yeah, I think it's awesome. I think the way everything is going, it's uh, it's going to be quite special, especially if everything keeps progressing the way it is. You know, in the next five years, ten years, it's uh, it's going to be it's going to be really good. I think it is very good for you know young 
women uh, girl golfers. It's uh, you know I know there's a couple back home at my club that are aspiring to be here, and uh, you know it must be so motivating to see mm. you know the women on TV playing right up against the, the men, and you know same purse. Uh, I know Niall is such a big fan of yeah. uh, that kind of stuff yeah. as well because we they have a tour. Modest have a golf tournament on the on the main on the main tour, European tour, LPGA as well. Fantastic uh, in Ireland. So it's uh, yeah, it's a big it's a big thing coming through. It's going to be good. Hmm. Hey Blake, uh, the the AIS used to have something for the amateurs and maybe a few for the pros. There've been other institute of sports that looked after golf for younger players. But you're in the Golf Australia rookie squad. Tell us a little bit more about uh, what Golf Australia are doing for players like yourself. Well, Golf, Golf Australia have uh, done so much for me. So, you know, in my career, I, I 100% wouldn't be here without Golf Australia, to be honest. I think, uh, you know, the rookie scholarship is just such a big thing. It's basically helping uh, fund my development uh, in that transition from amateur golf to professional golf. And it's it is, it's quite difficult because, you know, you leave the amateurs um, system to turn professional and you need funding and, and it's not easy. Golf, it's an expensive game to get started in. Um, and, you know, um, yeah, 100% wouldn't be here without them today. And all the development they've helped me uh, with is just uh, incredible. So, yeah, a very big part of my team. And Blake, you talked about um, touched on your your little goal list. I think on the on the mirror. Um, so the Masters, I know, is your tournament. That's just that I was doing some research on you. That's your favourite one, the one you want to win. But obviously, Royal Queensland. What else is on that? What is on that new list that you've uh, you've just updated? Um, I've I've actually set some. I got together with my team and set some pretty big uh, goals. They're kind of. It kind of made me nervous, to be honest, writing them up on the mirror because, um, yeah, they are quite quite big. But um, well, to to win twice on the Euro, on the Challenge Tour uh, is one of them. That's a big one for me because you win twice and that nearly locks up the next goal, which is to gain a full European Tour card. Um, and another big one is I'm not too sure how many opportunities I'll actually have to do this, probably only one, but to qualify for a major. Uh, I've never played in a major championship and it's something that I, uh, you know, want to play in and, and win in my career. So uh, that is definitely on the goals board for, you know, 2022. Hey, um, during COVID, you turned pro just before, and and you you spoken about how that was obviously uh you know a, a great thing for you because you managed to get a, a few months in before obviously lockdown, and I think you you did pretty well at the Victorian Open. Um, but just tell us what you did during COVID, and you've you've been doing some some great work with your mind coach John Novak, who's he's he's got some great little. Um, things for you, like when you hit a bad shot, or you know, to weather the storm. Just take us through what he's, what mm. how he's been teaching you. Yeah, Johnny's uh, yeah another big part of my team. Um, he's really helped develop my uh, attitude, mentality, um, all of the above. It's it's kind of like uh, that that one thing I can really I really uh, went back to coming down the stretch was it was nearly like a, I felt like I was. I wasn't too nervous. I was kind of playing. Uh, I felt like I had nothing to lose, really. Mm. And then once I found myself in that fairway trap, probably in the worst place you could have been other yep. than losing your ball, um, it's just like he's always told me that's another opportunity 
um, you know, it's an opportunity to do something great. Um, and I really, you know, thought back to that moment when he was uh, telling me this kind of stuff. And, and it's very hard to, uh, when you're in the moment, it's quite, it's easy for me to say now, but when you're in the moment, it is very hard to go back on things like that and think, stay in a positive mm-hmm. mindset. But uh, I felt like uh, yeah, I was very happy with the way I handled the adversity uh, that was that came my way in uh, at the big PGA. So yeah, Johnny's a he's a legend. Bent grass greens at the uh, Vic PGA, but uh, we're on these Queensland greens uh, up at the Australian PGA. For Victorians uh, and probably people from South Australia and Western Australia, they were tough. We didn't get it. How do you go on the uh, the Bermuda-style greens up there in Queensland? Uh, I, I do think it, it is different. It is very different. And I think I will, you know, do my best to just adapt as, as the days go on. Uh, I, I'm really focusing hard on my preparation this week. Um, but I like to think of myself as a, a very solid putter. I think it's very – it's probably my strength of my game. And, uh, yeah, for – it's, it's ever since I was a young kid, I've always worked so hard on my putting and I've always thought to myself, why can't I be one of the best putters in the world? And if I'm going to set out to do something like that, I better be able to hold it on, uh, hold putts on any any grass that's given to me. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to this week, though. It's going to be cool. Uh, you've got a mullet to match. You've got, you got one of the great mullets in the world. Who wears the, uh, the mullet better, you or Cam Smith? Uh, I think Cam Smith has has me covered. Actually, <laughs> uh, I I haven't I like converted. I, like I haven't yours. converted fully to the mullet. I still got a fair bit of hair on uh, top. Um, but mate, isn't it incredible what that guy's doing? Yeah, in the that's. Game? It's, it's how just, much does that inspire you? What he did on the weekend? Yeah, it's quite incredible, right? Because not only Cam Smith like setting a record, just kind of pinning the ears back and and making birdies every hole, like you said, or else. He felt like uh, Ram was going to catch him, obviously. Mm. So uh, he was kind of forced into that record, right? Um, like many records have been set in the past in athletics, it's kind of like they go hard early and to break. That, that's how records are broken. Yep. So it's, it's quite awesome. But not only that, I would say, um, you know, a good friend, Matt Jones, yeah. um, who also gets coached by Gary Barter, my coach, um, Cam Davis, another good mate, and then Mark Leishman. Like four Aussies in the top ten, mm. and it, it's it's incredible. Like to see those Aussie flags is truly what motivates me. You know, seeing seeing uh, you know a good chunk of that top ten Aussies. Blake, we like watching you play. Uh, you've got plenty of talent, and you're a neat player. If you know what I mean. I mean that in the nicest possible way. Can you win this week? Absolutely, I can win this week. I think I've. Uh, you know what? I, I've proven to myself um, you know, the past couple of years that I've, I've put in the work and I, I belong here. I feel like I belong here. And, uh, yeah, I guess I'm just going to keep uh, putting one foot in front of the other. And it, it might not be this week. It might not be, uh, you know, next month. But it's it, it'll happen. Uh, I just need to keep working hard. So, uh, mate, I'm, I'm just grateful to be here. And it's going to be another great opportunity this week, yeah. Hey, uh, just one more question from me. No doubt your dad, and I'm sure your mum as well, but your dad was the one who introduced you to golf. In fact, there's a great story, Marco. Um, Blake was just a baby and his dad was uh, was charged with babysitting him. His mum had gone out and she came back to find his dad rubbing an iron on the little baby's hands 
um, Wally's dad was watching uh, Tiger Woods (laughs) and she came in and said, what are you doing? Get that away. So um, just I think that's just a fabulous story and your support from your, your parents and your dad especially. Yeah, exactly. No, Dad's uh, a very, very passionate um, sportsman, to be honest. He uh, watches sport every day on the TV, whether it be cricket, golf. He's obsessed with golf, but, uh, you know, football, anything. He, he loves his sport and he's really, he's he's been firm in raising me uh, to, you know, work hard and, and give it your all. Um, and I've been very fortunate to have my uh, parents' support over the years. You know, growing up, like I said before, you know, golf is a very expensive sport and it's even more expensive when you're an amateur because you're not making any money back. So um, I've been very fortunate to have dad and uh, my mum and dad by my side and, yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to it. They're actually coming up this week. So uh, hopefully I can hold a few putts for them. Hey, uh, yeah, Blake, uh, we love watching you. You're a star. We love watching you entertain. And I know you're, a, you're also a passionate photographer. So what's your Instagram handle or your Twitter handle? Give us a plug so we can follow some of your pictures. <laughs> Little plug. Yeah, no, it's just uh, at Blake Windred. No uh, cap. Yeah, no capitals, just uh, Blake Windred put All together. Right. So, yeah. And make sure you follow us at AUST Golf Show on Twitter and uh, give us a plug. We'll be watching you with interest, not just uh, on the weekend, but obviously through the year. All the best, Blake. Thanks so much for having us, guys. It's been a great chat. All right. Up next, the Gazelle Golf Australia Media Manager, Martin Blake, with all the news from around the traps. Well, it's time now for our news hound, and it's a rotating chair at the Media Centre at Royal Queensland, from Blake Windred to Martin Blake. Welcome along. Hello, Tiff. Hello, Marco. Nice warm up here at the Aussie PGA at Royal Queensland this week. So, um, you know, it's a great week for Australian golf. It's like an early Australia day the other day with, with Cam Smith. It's all about mm. Cam Smith. Yeah. Hey, Gazelle, you would have seen the golf course. Uh, it's a new redesign from what we used to play way back when. Mike Clayton's done it. Have you been out and had a bit of a look? Not a great deal yet, Marco. Uh, just arrived in yesterday, uh, that being Monday, and uh, had lots of stuff to do, largely around Cam Smith winning, of course. So, the phone didn't stop all day. I'll get out and have a better look at it today. It's a flat piece of land. Uh, so, you know, a difficult piece of land to work with, I'd imagine, but it's been redesigned in a linksy style. So, mm. you know, there's lots of little mounds and little places that you can't miss around the greens and stuff like that, from what I yeah. understand. It, no, it's I, been a pretty popular redesign, to be honest. I, I haven't heard too much criticism of it. No, it, it was a really tough redesign to do. I mean, the, the land you mentioned uh, was difficult and I reckon Mike Clayton's done a fabulous job. I, I haven't seen it, but every single person I've spoken to thinks yeah. that for what it is and where it is, they've turned it into something much, much better than it was before. So that's a, a huge ticket. I can't wait to see it on the telly this week. Well, in some ways, uh, from an architect's point of view, it's what, you know, you could take a piece of land like the National or Lake Karanup or something like that and, you know, anyone could, you know, virtually anyone could make a great course on land, land like that. But uh, it's what they do with a with an ordinary piece of land, I guess. Hey, um, right. Yesterday, the uh, the inaugural Curry Web Cup was launched to a great media throng, I believe. What's the um, the interest been around the the combination of the W and the PGA uh, Australian Championships being played? Yeah, Tiff, uh, there's been as much interest in that as in the men's tournament. Really, uh, it's the first time that we've had the two kind of coincidental tournaments running side by side, and it's it's a great innovation i mean the 
PGA, Australasian PGA Tour have, have done a lot of this in the last couple of years. I guess the Vic Open was the standard bearer for the, you know, having the men and women playing together. And then last year, the or the last couple of years, the PGA has gone with these TPS Players Series events where you have men, women, amateurs and pros together. So from Golf Australia's point of view, it sits well with us because we're trying to project this idea of golf as being for everyone and not, not so, many, so much delineation between the various strands mm. of it. So uh, this week you've got 24 uh, women playing. Uh, Hannah Green had to pull out because of border issues. Minji Lee would have been the same. But you've got Sue O here and Sarah Camp, Sarah Jane Smith, uh, Karis Davidson, uh, who we, we had on the show wow. a few yeah. weeks ago. Uh, so it's a, it's, a, it's a good field uh, and it'll create, create a lot of interest. And on the men's side, you've got... Min Woo Lee, who, of course, has got his invitation. Did you see he, he posted his little yes. invitation from Augusta National yeah. on Instagram the other day? Yeah, he's been hanging for that one. And uh, some great news for the ladies' game. We've got the purse for the women's US Open. It's uh, been doubled almost, I think, to $10 million with uh, views to take it to $12 million. Look, the US Women's Open is the biggest event in women's golf. It has been for a while. Uh, and uh, Mike Wan has come in there um, at the USGA uh, from the LPGA Tour and straight away this happens. Uh, the, the, the reason that it's happening is because there's a company who like the, the look of promoting women's golf. It's a company called Pro Medica. They've put in, pumped in a lot of uh, money to this event. They're a, a non-profit company involved in health and they like the idea of this. So from the women's point of view, it's absolutely fantastic. So uh, we'll have a few players in that field and, uh, you know, it can't, it can't be anything but, but great. Uh, just leading the way, uh, and, and Tiff, there's a really good point you made about the US Open. It, it, it's just the perceived, the perceived what it does for the place of this tournament. I mean, it is the number one tournament for women's golf. It's as simple as that. And to have that somewhere, you know, near of, you know, well, last week, for instance, the Tournament of Champions in Maui, they played for $6.5 million. So to get the biggest tournament for women up to $10 million US dollars, that's the right fit. And that's where it should yep. be. And uh, congratulations to everybody for what they're doing around the globe, trying to push forward the women's game because it's very, very watchable. Um, it's, a, it's a game that we can all relate to as well, uh, except when they get on the greens because the girls, I reckon, are the best putters I've ever seen. Uh, the, they're also going, guys, to the best venues, which is also part of that push to promote it. Uh, they're going to Pine Needles this year. I wondered whether you'd played there. Marco? No, I never played Pine Needles. Seen it a lot and uh, uh, and understand also, it, but it's a very good place. They're also going back to Pinehurst very soon. So they're, they're going to the best venues. Can I mention, guys, uh, I have to talk about Cam Smith. I mm. mean, that's my phone has not stopped since Cam Smith uh, shot his 34 under. Broke the all-time record for the PGA Tour. I, I, that's a 70-year record. and I know you will have talked about this in your intro, but he's teeing it up again this week. He's in the Sony Open, which he won, I think, two years ago. Uh, so I reckon that there's a few Australians still there playing this this week. I reckon they would have had a pretty big party on Sunday night. A um, couple of things about Cam I wanted to raise. Can he win a major? I think he probably can. Oh, he came second in the Masters last year. So absolutely. He had a really good taste. I mean, if you can come second in the US Masters and then you improve the next year, then you can pretty much win any major you want. Um, and this is what we're talking about, you know, with, with the fact that he led – total driving and total putting. No one's ever done that in the history of the game. Not a bad um, combination. He's taken – well, he's done that, Martin, and only one by one shot. And his irons were superb all week as well. So 
Um, you know, he's taken to his game to a completely new level yeah. last week. Uh, you're only as good as your last round, but he's got to, if he keeps on doing it, there's no reason why he can't win multiple times when majors are concerned. He could be the best wedge player in the world. Yeah, that's the, that's the other thing. You know, so he, he's recognised as a top five wedge player on the tour, uh, and he's just come off the back, uh, and we know he's a great putter, and he's just come off the back of um, total driving win as well. I mean, it, it, it just shows you his all-round game is enormous. And I love his mental attitude. He's just so laid back. He's, yeah. you know, and, he, and look, he wins $2 million US dollars, and they say, what are you going to do with it? He goes, oh, I think my mum needs a new car. I'm pretty much yeah. set. I'm fine. The car's about five or six years old. I'll, I'll give her a new he, car. He's a very grounded individual, Cameron. Loves his fishing, lot, I, yeah. I spent a lot of time with him at the Olympic Games, uh, but where I was, the, you know, the media allows, and so I was staying with the team and having a few drinks with him each night. And uh, I, I just love his story coming out of one team, a golf club mm. here in Brisbane. It's not a, not a particularly famous mm. or, or big golf club. His dad, Des, was a very, or is a very good player himself, I think, scratch marker. Um, I love this quote. Des said to him, and I, you might have to bleep this out, but Des said to him many years ago, some days are diamonds, some days are duck shit. Uh, <laughs> and that, that is his <laughs> attitude to golf. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's True. very matter-of-fact about it. He has a bad day. He doesn't beat up on himself. The other thing I wanted to mention about Cam is that Elvis Smiley's playing mm. this week, who's in his, still in his first year as a pro. He won, he won the Australian Junior Championship a few years ago. He's one of the best young players in the world, I would say. I don't know whether and, you've seen him at all, you guys, but he's oh, left-hander. Yeah. He's awesome. Brilliant. And for uh, those who don't know, he's a, he's a son of Liz Smiley, who's Australian champion, correct, Australian tennis correct. player. We'll have to get him on the show one day, but he was a beneficiary of what is known as the Cam Smith Scholarship. Now, Cam likes to put back, and this goes to what we're speaking about, his grounded way. He has his own scholarship, and he has Queens, specifically Queensland young players come over every year. Louis Dobelar is another one. I think Jed Morgan's another one who they go over and stay with him in Jacksonville at his house. Uh, he takes them for some practice, just some life lessons. They have a few drinks and relax. Um, and Elvis is one of the guys that's been through that. And I, I just think it's awesome that that whole mentorship thing and that it's really just teamwork, isn't it, for Australia? Like mm. we're all in one team. And, you know, he's quite he's quite willing and happy to do that. And I think it's pretty awesome. Uh, Martin, you meant his uh, demeanour off the course. It's funny how that transfers to what he looks like on the course. I mean, he's in the middle of having to shoot another ridiculously low round to win a tournament. He's got the world number one chasing him. He's got a bloke who shot 23 under par who he knows really well on the weekend, right up, um, you know, Johnny Ramsclacker. And every single shot, it looked like he was just playing, you know, on Thursday or Friday to me. Yeah. It, it, it didn't look like he was jumpy. It, it didn't look – and he stuck to his routine. It was clockwork. And for, I reckon, a lot of other professionals who look for that sort of stuff, what he was doing pre-shot was just remarkable and, and, and just ice cool. We might hear a bit more about him in the uh, masterclass. Absolutely. Later on, Marco. Now, Rowan McCarthy, this is another hole-in-one story, but it's got a bit of a twist to it. Thanks to Marco for this one. Rowan McCarthy was playing at Wembley Golf Club in Perth uh, just earlier this month. He's a 20 marker, by the way. He not only hole-in-one the 12th hole at Wembley, having tripled the previous hole, if you don't mind, he's then knocked He's knocked it in for a hole-in-one. Yeah. That reinforces then, the previous statement. Then, then goes, I think, double bogey, triple bogey on the next two holes. 
then has, wait for it, an albatross <laughs> no on the 15th hole at Wembley from 185 metres. The guys with him, they couldn't believe it. He knocked it up. They knew it, knew it was a good shot. They get up and it's in the hole. No. So Rowan McCarthy, I'm, I'm in diamonds awe of and, you. Diamonds and ducks. Yeah, I've, so I've, there's, there's I've, a, I've never had an albatross ever. Well, Here's yeah. the guy having a holy one on an albatross in the same round. There's a website called doubleeagle.com. If the listeners want to go to it, it records some of these feats. They're saying that it's the 22nd time in the history of all golf in the world wow. that someone's done that. So, that's you know, that, that's Did he shout the bar good. when he went back to the I, I, I would like to think so. I would like to think so. <laughs> the now, the Brent, only uh, picture that came with the article was him drinking a beer. So uh, I, he was certainly yeah. in the bar. <laughs> now, it's Greg Norman medal night tonight, guys. And by the time people listen to this, they'll know who's won. So I can't speak too much about that. But both the Lees have been nominated, Minji and Minwoo. Cam Smith, Mark Leishman, and Lucas Lucas Herbert. So that's on tonight. Obviously, the PGA uh, this week. It's great to have some big golf back. And the last thing I wanted to mention, and I know that you've spoken about this already, I just wanted to pass on my sympathy to Kathy Shearer and her family. Uh, Kathy's a good friend of all of us, and uh, I spoke to her the other day. She's uh, she's doing well, but she's absolutely gutted. It was a shock to all the family mm-hmm. because Bob uh, was doing well. He was only seventy three. Um, he's had his health issues in the past, but just more recently, he's been doing well. He played golf yeah. last Thursday, two days before his the heart attack that knocked him over. So they're going to, at the PGA this week, there's been a lot of tributes, a lot of people talking about it. You know, he's obviously got a lot of friends on the tour. Roger Davis, the chairman of the PGA Tour of Australasia, is, uh, uh, you know, a great friend of his. He was very upset about it. They're going to wear some little ribbons in there. Their hats, the players to to uh, acknowledge Bob Shearer, a great guy, and uh, I'd recommend anyone watch on golf.org.au. You'll find a video there somewhere of the Australian Open in '82 when he went yeah. down the stretch with Jack Nicklaus, who incidentally became a great friend of his. And uh, the four iron or three iron shot he hit into the last hole at the Australian to win the win the Australian Open. It just shows you how um, how talented a player he was. And, uh, you know, uh, commiserations and uh, our sympathies to the Shearer family. Well said, Martin. Yeah, rest in peace, Bobby Shearer. And will be a great tribute to him this weekend at Royal Queensland. Thanks so much, Martin. You've got a big week, a big few days ahead of you. So all the best. And I'll be up there on Sunday at uh, RQ. So looking forward to seeing the inaugural Curry Web Cup uh, handed over to a worthy winner and, uh, and, of course, our men's winner as well. Thank you, guys. Right, coming up after this, we've got Marco's Masterclass. Don't go away. Well, the final segment for our first show of 2022 is, of course, Marco's Masterclass. Now, Marco, before you get to it, I just want to Mm. say a shout-out to Dudley Wines. I know this is completely, but there is a link. Um, On (laughs) Kangaroo Island, Vivian and I have just got back with uh, camping on Kangaroo Island and those who have never been but knew of the devastating fires, of course, um, would be thrilled to know that there's a a lot of growth coming through and uh, the the place is looking really fabulous. But within 10 minutes of landing at Kangaroo Island in Penishaw, we went to a place called Dudley Wines. There you can buy a bucket of balls. I think it's about 20 balls, maybe 20 bucks. It's fairly expensive. That's because if you saw where they had to collect the balls from, but the view, you're driving out, there's a little map there, a little, uh, you know, fake grass, driving out into the sea, 
I wouldn't hit that far, but out uh, into the gully oh. with a glass of wine. It was absolutely superb. And I just recommend anyone and everyone to get down there if you get a chance. Now, I've seen the picture. Uh, make sure you tweet it out on Ost Golf Show uh, and, and let everybody know. Um, I, I mentioned before, I was just absolutely in a trance watching Cameron Smith and his, both his uh, long game routine and his short game routine. I want to talk about his short game routine yes, because it's very, very important to have those shoulders square to your putting line, one of the most important things. And one of the things that I noticed about Cam Smith is that he gets it done, you know, I'm talking about squaring his shoulders up, before he even gets the putter to the ball. Now, this is enormously important because mm. it's so easy when you look up to see where the hole is that your your shoulders open up. Mm. So if you start with open shoulders, then look up, and the shoulders open up even more, you're gone. You're absolutely cooked. But what he does is he puts the putter down with his right hand and where the right hand should be on the putter uh, putting grip, Yep. and he tucks his elbow into his side, and that keeps his shoulders square to his putting line. And then once he starts up and puts the putter to the ball, his shoulders are already square. There's nothing worse in this game, long game or short game, than once you've had your final look at the hole, then you start yes. fiddling with your shoulders because yes. then you lose track of where you are. So do what Cameron Smith does. Set your shoulders square before you start looking at the hole. It's very important in this game of golf to have the shoulders, your hips, your feet, pointing in the one direction and the same direction every single time. So have a look next time you watch brilliant. Cameron Smith set up to a putt because it is a brilliant putting routine. Hey, uh, Blake Windred has a little routine like that where he yeah. tucks his shirt in. and yes. the, yeah, the It makes PGA him stay connected. Yes, yeah, watch him this week that. at the Australian PGA because I think you know, I asked him the question, do you think he could win? Mm-hmm. Because I know he can win. He'll be yeah. up there this week. Great show and great to be back with you, Marco. Enjoy the weekend, Royal Queensland, of course, and uh, we'll check in again next week. Have fun and RQ. Yes.